Greetings, this is HG Wells, Logset S1 Log 5, and today, to be or not to be, maybe we'll finally get the answer to that eternal question, as joining me here and now, the bard himself, William Shakespeare. It is an honour to be able to speak with you, Mr. Shakespeare. Oh, please. Mr. Shakespeare was my father. Just call me Will. Right, Will. I will. <laughs> very good. Oh, I like your style. Truly, I think we'll get along swimmingly. Rather like Hamlet and Horatio. Ale, Mr. Wells? I think I like your style too. Yes, please. Here. Thank you. I'd say this tankard is a little grimy. It is? Oh, alas, I apologise. Sometimes I I forget to clean things. I get so embroiled in my work that it simply slips my mind. No need to worry. I completely understand. I fall into much the same habits myself, forgetting to wash my socks and such. A sign of a real writer who loves their art, I'd say. Here, take this one instead. Ah, thank you. Your health. Mr. Wells. I know you've asked me not to intrude deeply into matters of the future, but that thing you arrived here in... My time machine? Yes, your time-travelling machine. How is it even possible? How does one go about travelling through something so intangible to grasp? Could it be... witchcraft? What? No, no, no witchcraft here. I assure you, I don't subscribe myself to such beliefs. This was a work of pure science. There's... No possibility that witchcraft is a science? Absolutely not. The advancements of science in the future must be great, then. The progress of science is indeed an exciting and fascinating one. Although equally exciting, I'm sure, is the play that you're currently working on. Oh, I'm not so sure about that, Mr. Wells. Really? What is it? Oh, it's really nothing special. Not yet, anyway. I'm not sure if it'll appeal to the masses. I've named it Macbeth. Macbeth? Yes, inspired by the Scottish King Macbeth. I feel like it's cursed to fail. Cursed, perhaps, but not to fail. Hmm? I'm simply saying that I think you ought to keep working on it. Have confidence, and I'm sure you'll find a way. (laughs) Such encouragement I can't ignore. You seem to be so very certain of my success. I cannot tell you whether my words are a foreteller of success or simply white lies. No, no, of course not. I understand. At least, even if that work in progress finds no place on stage, then at least my last work did. What was your last play? Oh, a grand tale, Mr. Wells. One of tragedy, madness and human suffering. The story of King Lear. Ah, yes, wonderful. I've always been a fan of your tragedies or more serious works. Othello, for example. As enthralling as writing and performing my tragedies may be, I've personally always preferred the comedies. But each to their own, I suppose. As you like it. (laughs) Yes, yes. Whichever you prefer. All's well that ends well. Very good, very good. (laughs) In all seriousness, though, I've always had a soft spot for a Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh. 
fairies. You like them? Only in fiction. It's important to placate our friends from the hills, Mr. Wells. Why, when I lived in the countryside, many a cook would place a bowl of milk on the doorstep for the piskies. Well, that's all well and good, but I don't believe in fairies. Is there no youthful spirit within you, Mr. Wells, that dare not let yourself believe in something such as magic for even a moment? Perhaps, perhaps a moment, but... Tell me, do you enjoy the theatre? Uh, well, I mean, it's alright, but... Oh, splendid! Put down your drink and take this! It's a hat. Ah, oh, truly. Thou art possessing a sound and observant mind. Yes, it is a hat. Why a hat? Method acting, Mr. Wells. Enough with speaking of plays of the past. I need to test out my latest play on someone. Macbeth, he said. Do you know the parts? I suppose, but... Excellent. Now, if you could go and huddle by the fire over there. Go on, go on. Yes, just like that. Now, I want you to play the witches. The witches? Yes, the witches. Keep up, please. So, your opening line is witch number one. My line? Now repeat after me. When shall we three meet again? In thunder, lightning, or in rain? When shall we three meet again? In thunder, lightning... Oh, good heavens, Mr. Wells. Put some feeling into it. I don't believe for one second that you're a witch. But I'm not a witch. Acting, Mr. Wells, you are the witch. Let yourself embody and become the character. Now, try again. Hunch over, wrinkle your expression, that's it. And allow your voice to become theirs. When shall we three meet again? Much better, brilliant! In thunder, lightning, or in... Hold on, stop, stop, this is all getting very silly. This is not silly. This is the art of the theatre, acting. Only your inhibitions chain you to the preconceptions of silliness. Well, I'm not an actor. You don't see me standing on a stage performing, do you? All the world's a stage, Mr. Wells. Regardless, I'm still not an actor. I'm a writer. And how can I not feel silly? I'm holding a hat that I don't even know what I'm supposed to do with. What's the witch even supposed to do with this hat? The hat can be whatever you want it to be. In that case, this hat is a hat. I would quite like it if we could sit down again and talk. Fine, fine. If we must. What a bore. Do you not have any appreciation for theatre? Well, I did have a short stint as a critic. Oh, that explains everything. It wasn't the most salubrious point of my career, I'll admit. None of the criticism I ever wrote was anything but dull. I do not understand theatre. I feel somewhat out of my element there. Oh, Mr. Wells, now this is a tragedy, have I ever heard one. To not understand theatre. To not feel like one belongs in that place where both the common crowd and the aristocracy can both, for the duration of but a few hours, be one of the same. For those few hours, the greatest of men and the weakest of all intermingle, and all experience the same thing all at once. For once, there is no distinction between working class and royalty. For all are bound in mind and heart by the fantasy come real that is presented before them on that great stage. That most precious of gifts that mankind can offer to one another, storytelling, can be presented to man on a great scale in a way that brings those words to life unlike any other form of art in existence. Nothing unites the human race like a story. And what is theatre if it is not a story? 
presented in a way that all may enjoy, regardless of class, education, gender, or other difference. And if it is simply a story, Mr. Wells, then as someone who spends their life devoted to the creation of stories, I would think that in reality, you above most common men, much like myself and other writers like us, would understand theatre much more deeply and intimately than those who simply listen to them. And I would have thought that too. It's not to say that I dislike the theatre. I've seen some good plays in my time. I'd just rather stick to writing and reading stories, seeing them play out uniquely in my own head. There's time yet to make a man of theatre out of you. You should come to a performance of mine, and my company and I will truly open your eyes to the art of dramatics. Perhaps I will sometime. To see an authentic, original Shakespeare production would be incredible. Though, there is some contention in my time as to whether a Shakespeare original was ever a Shakespeare original. Whatever do you mean? There is some speculation in my time era that you did not write much of your own work, and that it was, in fact, the work of your good friend Christopher Marlowe. What? That's preposterous. Kit is... well, dead. Or perhaps he faked his death to write for you under the pseudonym of your name. You people of the future may be enlightened in terms of science, but clearly you have some terribly odd misconceptions. Oh, I, I never said that I personally believe this theory, just that it's commonplace. However, you have so far avoided the question without directly answering it. Because this theory is clearly some poisonous, bunched-back toad's malicious attempt to slander my good name. All right, all right, if you insist. I'm no dishonest man. I'm a good and true married man. To Anne Hathaway, correct? Anne, my dear heart, I love her now as much as I ever did. I feel the luckiest of men to have her. You are lucky. She's eight years older than you. You were just 18 when you married her, and she was already due to have children by then. How on earth did you manage to do that? What can I say, Mr. Wells? People swoon for those gifted in the arts, especially in theatre. They love a good actor. For more than just acting on stage, I'm sure. Do you not have a sweetheartling in your own life? Someone who stokes the flames of love and desire within your soul? I do. My dear Shane. Well, that's how I know her. That's how she is known by my friends and I. The name that I imposed upon her, really. Her real name is Catherine. Amy Catherine. We both disliked Amy, and so she has never been called as such. But Catherine she liked, and has kept for her literary work. Uh, how did you get from Catherine to Jane? That's really quite a jump from Catherine to Jane. I can't totally be sure. It was on the heels of a string of nicknames that I was suddenly moved to call her Jane. And Jane she became and remained. And I do hope she remains with me for a good deal longer. She's the best companion I could wish for. I think I'd be quite lost if she suddenly upped and went. It seems that you're quite the lover yourself, Mr. Wells. I wouldn't say I'm a great amorist, but I try. Oh, there's no need to be modest, I understand. I'm sorry for flipping the question round to you, though. You're here to learn about me, and here I am asking about you. Oh, please don't apologise. This isn't meant to be all that formal anyway, just a conversation. It's only natural to want to ask things, as long as they're not of future concerns that could catastrophically alter the timeline. Then would it be catastrophic if... I would be curious enough to ask of the authors you've conversed with before me. A depressed gothic raven fanatic and a pretentious animal-hoarding satyromaniac. Oh, do tell! I can't say much, but let me tell you, as I left the home of the latter, I almost ended up as some bear's picnic. The man let a bear loose on you. 
the bear let loose itself. I escaped just in time. It was a close call. Uh, very perilous. I can't help but find that whole situation hilarious. You exit, pursued by a bear. <laughs> I did. Oh, that's brilliant. What a, what a great line. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Exit pursued by a bear. I don't think I've ever heard another line like it. You've never heard... Oh. Exit pursued by a bear. Blazes. As fun as this has been, Will, I'm afraid I must dash. I have work to do, people to see. Oh, must you go already? We could have gone through more of my play. You could have come along to one of them tonight. Yes, I'm, I'm very sorry. Perhaps some other time, hmm? Some other time, I suppose. I have some writing I want to get done anyway. Exit. Pursued by a bear. And so with that concludes today's log. My name is H.G. Wells, this has been William Shakespeare, and even if I have a regret, what's done is done. This podcast was brought to you by Turpentine Productions. You can find us on Tumblr at Turpentine Productions, Twitter at Turpentine Pod, and Facebook at H.G. Wells Has His Regrets. H.G. Wells Has His Regrets is written by Emily Hancock with assistance from Francesca Marlott Ford. Music was written by Joash Kari and Emily Hancock. H.G. Wells was voiced by James Carpenter. William Shakespeare was voiced by Simon Ashwood. This podcast is fictitious, and all characters within are merely fictional interpretations of the people they're based on, and are not to be taken as serious or accurate portrayals. We'll end the episode with a quote from Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. What's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. Thanks for listening. <laughs>